2: I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone
0: can fix it.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Welcome back to the uh, your favorite. ANCAP Cap Libertarian Podcast, Peddling Fiction. He is, of course, Justin Hillbilly Boy Campbell. And I am your host, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita. And uh this is gonna be our only episode this week because Hillbilly Boy had to do some hillbilly shit.
2: Yeah, when the <laughs> lawnmower breaks, or when the lawnmower breaks, you gotta do what you gotta do to fix it. Especially with the uh, with the rain moving in, and got two acres to mow. We, uh,
1: I can only imagine the the sense of panic that strikes a hillbilly when his lawnmower
2: breaks. It's <laughs> it's less panic and more feeling the uh, the hit in the in the pocketbook. It was and it was something easy too. Like the the blade was free spinning from the from the shaft. It wasn't uh, rotating like it was supposed to. So. And it was a good learning opportunity for a 14-year-old. Got him out there to help me, so we pulled the deck off the mower and, and uh, turned the deck up and checked everything out. And obviously the, the blade's not locked in like it should be. So he got to learn how to use an a impact uh, torque wrench with uh, a pneumatic torque wrench and all kinds of fun tools he had never gotten to use before. He got hit with some stuff because he didn't hold it tight enough, so he's got some bruises on his legs. Good learning experience for, uh, for a young man, <laughs> learning how to hold, hold tools properly. Um, we got the blade off. We figured out what was wrong. The, the shaft had a, a significant amount of wear on it, so I was like, all right, we'll, uh, like we'll, we'll add a, a thick washer to kind of beef it up so that it'll hold in place. And, okay. and as we're putting it back on, it still had a little bit of play to it. So I was like, all right, we need to get like another half turn on this nut to really get it to lock in where it, we don't have to worry about it coming loose. And as we put that last half a turn on it, it snapped the whole fucking uh, thing, right the shaft right in half. And like,
1: God, famous awesome. last words, just one last little twist.
2: Just I need that little bit more. And <laughs> it just, yeah. The whole thing broke. So then, we're, so then we're on the scramble to like try to find a brand new uh, mounting or the housing unit and all of that stuff. And and then we couldn't find that, so I had to order shit online. It's been a, it's been a uh, interesting week. So
1: yeah, that's uh, that's funny. Uh, an opportunity for personal improvement is <laughs> how uh, my old man and I think I had a football coat. Yeah, it was football. Every time like you were late or something or you fucked up, you'd get an OPI and they'd make you stay after practice and run laps or something. Opportunity for personal improvement. Never let a a crisis go to waste. You can put your kids to work and uh, teach them a few things.
2: (laughs) That's the beauty of growing up on a growing up on a farm is you're always getting plenty of opportunities for personal improvement.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, what's, uh, I don't know where we should start with uh, what's been going on this week.
2: Tax deadline just passed. You want to talk about the the IRS under Biden? Sure. Yeah. I have. Hopefully everybody got their, hopefully everybody got their taxes filed. And uh, I kind of take the approach of, you know, when a, when a, uh, like hospital or doctor's office or whatever, they send you a, A statement of how much the whole thing cost you. And it says very clearly at the top of the statement, this is not a bill. That's how I kind of handle my tax filing. Like this is, this is my statement of what I owe you, but this isn't me paying it. Like you can, you can bill me if you actually want it. We can, we can discuss that later. This is just me telling you what you, what you want to know. So far (laughs) it's worked uh, out for me. One of these days I'll probably end up in jail. But but my daughter (laughs) said, isn't that tax fraud? I was like, no, it's not fraud. I'm like, I'm filing my taxes. I'm just not paying them.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember um, the great tax protester, Erwin Schiff, Peter Schiff's father. What he was doing was filling out basically zero income tax returns. His whole thing was... Um, the the federal government has no authority to to tax um like personal income they've never defined what income was except in regards to like a corporate profit and so since all the income that we make as individuals we're not allowed to separate it from its source you know if you know if you drive to work or something like that you can't write off the cost of getting to work or the suits that you wear to work or the food you have to eat to work and things like that so there's no there's no income there because there, there's no profit. There, there's no way to calculate the profit. And also, it's just kind of a one-to-one exchange. You're working, you're you're uh, trading your time and your labor for X amount of dollars. There's no gain there. And so he used to just file these tax returns and say, hey, I didn't have any income. <laughs> Here you go. And that, you know, that worked for, a, like, I don't even think he had problems with that until he started to go real public with it. And he was on TV and writing books being like the income tax hoax and don't pay your like you don't have to pay taxes. There's no law that requires you to pay taxes, which I I mean, I find his argument very compelling. And I think he's right. (laughs) Technically, he's right. But again, like what do what do any of these laws really mean? It's whatever the government decides they're going to come at you for is what's legal and what's illegal, you know, even though they have no authority whatsoever to, to, uh, force you to, to pay these income taxes. That's why they claim that it's based on voluntary compliance.
2: Well, that's, that's the, that's kind of my thing with it is the voluntary compliance thing. It's like, I, the way I'm approaching it is I have not been billed. I have not received an invoice. You have not told me what I owe you. I have sent you paperwork that tells you what I think you think i owe you but you haven't sent me anything so if you want if you want my money then tell me how much i actually owe and send me a bill for it but until that happens (laughs) i i sent you a memo of what i think i owe and you can decide whether or not that's right and then bill me for it and until i receive a bill i won't be paying it
1: (laughs) well i i hope it works out for you i uh i will not be advising our listeners to do the same but
2: State state of pennsylvania Uh, the state of Pennsylvania sent me a uh, a thing that said you never did pay the $1,200 that you said you owed, but they never sent me a bill. They just sent a letter that said you turned in your return and then you, you never sent us a check. I'm like, yes. And I'll continue to not send you a, t- a check and they haven't said anything for like six years. So I think I'm doing all, I think, I'm, I think I'm all right.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder how they determine whether or not it's worth their time to just go after people. like something like 1200 bucks or something it was a drop in the ocean for the fucking federal government but i remember at one time they i know i've told this on the podcast before they came after my fucking sister and they were completely wrong because my parents were still declaring her as a as a dependent but they just like went into her bank account and overdrew it because they thought she owed taxes (laughs) they fucking overdrew her account and then she got hit with like late fees for that or like overdraft overdraft fees for that And then my dad had to like fucking deal with the IRS to prove that they fucked up and they were wrong the whole time. Another great thing about tax law, by the way, it's you're not innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until you prove your innocence. But yeah, it looks like under under Biden, you know, I I remember that nobody making uh, less than four hundred thousand dollars were supposed to see their taxes go up one penny, What happened?
2: Turns out that was a fucking lie.
1: No shit. You know, it's interesting because I've heard every president in my lifetime talk about how your taxes are not going to go up ever. You know, it's like, read my lips. No new taxes. Uh, Anybody making over 250 grand a year won't see their tax increase at one dime. Uh, Now it's 400,000 under Biden. And every year I, I pay more in taxes. Go figure. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I'm making more money than I, you know, than I was like a long time ago. But not like you know, this year compared to last year, I paid a lot more in taxes, and I did not make a lot more money. And I was certainly under the four hundred thousand dollar threshold. So I don't understand. I don't. I don't know what happened here.
2: Well, the 4.9
1: trillion in taxes. (laughs)
2: The enforcement thing that they talk about here in the article too. um, They they said that these. These uh, new, uh, what was it, 86,000 IRS agents. So it was only going to be used to, to go after millionaires and billionaires. And they're only going to use those to tax the rich. And, yeah, um, yeah how's that working out?
1: <laughs> yeah, once again, the gullible uh, lemmings in the low and middle classes were, are going to bear the. I mean, honestly, we get what we fucking deserve i'm sorry if you're dumb enough at this point to believe a politician when he says your taxes aren't going to go up i mean literally i, I wrote a, a really long uh sub stack about this and i kind of went through the history of it so if you haven't read that you should go check it out part two will be dropped uh later this afternoon probably right after this podcast <laughs> the original pitch of the income tax was oh all these poor people are paying uh these tariffs because that's how they basically funded the federal government just on Im- uh, taxes on imports And we had a much smaller federal government back then, so it was plenty. But, you know, that disproportionately affects the poor because they dedicate a larger portion of their income to buying goods and things like that. And so the original pitch was, hey, we'll give you a tax cut, all you uh, poor and middle class people. You won't have to pay these tariffs anymore. And we'll just tax the, you know, the 1% of the the Rockefellers and just a little bit. The Carnegies, the Rockefellers, they'll just pay 1%, maybe 6% of incomes over $500,000, which back then was like, I don't know, $50 million or something like that. And they'll just pay a little bit, and then you'll get a tax cut. And then within like five years of that, like once world war one started everybody's fucking taxes doubled and then by the time world war ii the poorest people in the in the country were paying more than was ever promised to charge rockefeller and carnegie and everything like that and every year since every politician has been talking about tax cuts and you won't your taxes won't go up a dime blah blah blah, blah. and every single fucking year your taxes go up and it's never enough for them it's never even fucking close and now they're blowing out like uh, what Trillion and a half deficits (laughs) every year. It's insane.
2: There is some potentially good news for all of us average Joes. Uh, Although the IRS vowed to ramp up enforcement of certain transactions and said it's planning to get tough on wealthier tax dodgers, it stated that that it would soften its enforcement efforts for ordinary filers. So as long as you're not doing a whole bunch of transactions over $600 on PayPal or Venmo, and you're not considered wealthy then you you you're, you'll just get a a soft notice instead of a an audit i yeah. don't know what i don't know what the difference is but <laughs> i
1: don't know soft notice definitely seems like something i could ignore <laughs> oh man it it really is just fucking unbelievable the the, the nerve of these politicians and i think i uh, i also put out a i've been talking about taxes for like all all week long we just been. Uh, if only that was uh, tax deductible. Complaining about paying taxes. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, Elizabeth Warren had a tweet that I went over in uh, a a rant for the uh, subscribers to the uh, Substack. And this was just. I don't know if you can pull up that tweet if you have it ready. It was just unbelievable, man.
2: Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. I got. I got it right here. <laughs> I saw this
1: tweet like literally uh, within a couple hours of me finishing my fucking taxes, my annual uh, declaration admission of how how much money I I made and how much I owe to them. Have you been spending a lot of time and money filing your taxes? You're not alone. The process takes Americans an average of 13 hours and $200. And here's a big reason why. Take a guess. For anybody not (laughs) watching this corporate greed court. Yeah. There's a really funny comment on there. It's like if she stubbed her toe or something, she would blame it on corporate greed. Everything's just corporate greed, giant tax prep companies looking at you. TurboTax, line their pockets by lobbying to keep tax filing an expensive hassle, even though the IRS already has a bunch of the data it needs from filers, but it doesn't have to be this way. And so she's actually hinting at the fact that the 87,000 IRS agents were to streamline the federal tax filing. <laughs> That's just going to make it easier to, to, to steal money from you. Get the fuck out. Could you imagine looking at the, the tax code and how many different to, types of forms and documents you need to pull for all the different kinds of income? I mean, they're literally... When you go through filing your taxes, they ask you all of these questions, like really personal fucking questions about things you did or things you didn't do, things that changed in your life. And it's like, hey, that's why it's so fucking – it's so honor. Like that's the problem. You're taxing every little thing that we do. And so it's a pain in the ass to file this stuff. It has nothing to do with corporate
2: greed. God well, damn. Cor- corporate greed is the – uh the big buzzword for for everything. I, I think you might have sent it, or uh, the thing about how uh, greedflation is what's actually causing all of the inflation. Corporate greed is what's causing like thirty to forty percent of our inflation, and and it's just these greedy corporations is the reason. And it's and it's going to result in in cat the failure of capitalism. Like mean, capitalism is going to collapse entirely because of these greedy corporations. Yeah, and their profit margins. What,
1: what, yeah, there's nothing better that uh displays a lack of economic understanding (laughs) than just blaming greed uh, on things. Where it's like if you have something change drastically all of a sudden, you can't really blame a constant thing that's always there. You know, greed is a constant, we're all greedy all the time. You can't just be like, oh, well, this anomaly is explained by this thing that's always here, it's just. It's utterly ridiculous.
2: Well, like the big thing, the big problem with that article, which I I think I did, I did a uh, a daily piece on it earlier in the week. But like the big problem with that article was that it acted like corporate greed was some like unique thing that just came from the corporations having run of everything and controlling everything. It's like um, you do realize that, and and it's a failure of capitalism. It's like what we have isn't capitalism; it's cronyism. And all of these corporations are in the pockets of all of the politicians. And so all of the politicians who complain about corporate greed and complain that we need to do something to to reel in all this corporate greed, then turn around, take money from those corporations and fix the tax code and fix the, I mean, just look at COVID and everything else that happened through all of that. They've fixed the, the economy and the system to benefit those corporations. And just add more money into their pockets, like yeah, don't, it's don't it's, it's like quite literally
1: money. the yeah the greed of politicians. It was is what enables this entire thing to take place. The politicians have the power. They are fucking greedy pussy politicians. And so yeah, these corporations are like, hey, you know, uh, you're a greedy bastard. How about I throw a few bucks your way and you do me a little favor? So if they weren't a bunch of greedy, you know, spineless jellyfish politicians. And they didn't have all of this power. Then corporations greed, like the only thing a greedy corporation could do to you was offer you something to buy, you know, offer you a good or a service at, at, at like a reasonable price to set to satiate their greed. But yeah, when you get uh, you know these these politicians in there, these corrupt politicians who can, with you know, with the, the stroke of a pen, they can change the, the rules and, and give people advantages. Of course, that's what's going to happen. Well, it's like
2: this this reply to Elizabeth Warren. There's a big reason: government greed. You guys can't get enough. It's like a hog to the trough who's now relegated to laying there because they can't walk anymore. And that I mean that's it. That is that is government. <clears throat> they can't they can't do anything. They don't create anything. They don't produce anything. I don't think any of them are actually smart enough to be able to generate anything on their own. And so they have to they have to suckle at the teat of tax revenue. And or just like, I don't know, printing money out of thin air since that's most of what they're doing and and then blame it on corporate greed because they have no they're not going to they're not going to blame themselves. They're going to be like, yeah, we're super fucking greedy and uh, we gave ourselves another pay raise. But it's all because of those big corporations that uh, you're having to pay more taxes.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's 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 never greedy to want to take. Uh, anywhere from 15 to 40% of what some poor American may, you know, it's like, that's not greed. No, no, it's the the $200 that TurboTax charges you to, to navigate through this entire fucking uh, mess of a tax code. I mean, that's the other issue here is like, we shouldn't even need tax prep software or to hire accountants to go through all this stuff. If it wasn't so complicated, we would just be able to file it ourselves. And you wouldn't have to pay the two hundred dollars, and then there would be no issue with corporate whatever she's calling corporate greed, because it wouldn't be necessary. But the the tax code is thousands of pages. The, the you know the the book that explains the thousands of pages of tax codes is like a hundred thousand pages or something outrageous. I remember John Stossel used to like pull pull up the documents and like put them on the table behind him, and it's just an insane amount of paperwork it's crazy. And it just keeps growing. Nobody, I mean, nobody has any idea what's in there.
2: That's the reason why people would go to school for four or five, six years to be accountants and CPAs so they can. And even then they still don't know all of this stuff. They just know enough to make sure that, you know, if you get audited, you're not going to jail. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. But I bet you if they wanted to find something, they could get you for it. No matter, even if you had like the best accountant, you know, doing, he's been doing it for like 30 years and he's got all the certifications. He's never been on it. If they wanted to come after you for something, they could find some little I or T that wasn't fucking crossed in in the fine print of the 50,000 pages of tax code that they could get you for.
2: Well, and that's why the billionaires and the big corporations and everything have literal teams of lawyers and accountants who that's all they do. Is they just look at that stuff and figure that stuff out so that they can make sure that everything is being done right, that you're you're paying as little as possible by use utilizing all of the different loopholes and everything else. Like, yeah, it's it the really whole thing nice. is a game. Like, and w- once you like, like I've said like a dozen times, the whole thing is a game. And once you realize that the game is rigged, then you're ready to start playing. And that, like that's that's the billionaires and the the millionaires yeah. and the big corporations. Or, they understand yeah, that just- it's rigged
1: yeah and even just being like an entrepreneur the tax code really favors you if, if you know how to navigate it and uh it really yeah, it's definitely a fucking a, a rigged game and yeah complaining about it is is not gonna you just gotta put yourself like you can't fight this you know it's like don't fight the fed don't fight the fucking tax code just rearrange your life so that you're on the side of the millionaires and the billionaires and you can arrange your finances and things to to get out from under the tax burden. I mean, I know it really grinds Bernie Sanders gears that like GE and shit would file. They filed. I remember this was like 10 years ago and he was so pissed off about it. They filed a 50,000 page. I think it was 50,000 pages. Might have been 5,000, but I think it was fucking 50,000 page tax return and they paid zero in taxes. Like they hired an entire department that was just like tax, you know, tax code compliant, right? And so every meeting, every phone call, they had some fucking tax guy on there to, you know, walk them through the decision of how to do this or how to do that in order to pay no taxes. And they filed a fucking 50,000 page return and they got that shit to zero. That must have been like the most satisfying uh, event in an accountant's life. <laughs> like unbelievable. But hey, I you know, God bless them. I I think uh, you know, I don't I think this whole thing should be abolished. Anybody that doesn't pay their taxes is doing their civic duty. In my humble opinion, we need to starve this fucking parasite. And
2: uh yeah. I doing still pay what, mine every fucking what, year. Doing what GE did, some people would say that's cheating, but you know, Understanding that mm-hmm. it's a game. If it was cheating, 100%
1: legal. Yeah. Hey, don't hate the fucking player. <laughs> yeah, 100% fucking legal, man. Anyway, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff uh, out on Substack this week regarding taxes. So go check that out. I worked pretty hard on it. Um, I probably spent more time talking about taxes than I did actually paying my taxes, but... Both were a fucking a lot of work. <laughs> Thanks to Elizabeth Warren.
2: Yeah. Um we're gonna blame it exclusively on her. Uh speaking of not hating the player but hating the game. You wanna look at uh this commercial from Budweiser?
1: Yes. Yeah, that Budweiser is backpedaling faster than a fucking horse could gallop. This is a beautiful commercial, huh? <laughs> I know if they had just done this instead of the other one, everyone would fucking love Budweiser. Let me tell you a story about a beer rooted in the heart of America found in a community where a handshake is a sure contract brewed for those who found opportunity and challenge and hope in tomorrow.
0: Raised by generations, willing to sip, share, risk, remember.
1: This is a story bigger than beer. This is the story of the American spirit. Yeah. I mean, that is a fucking American beer commercial right there. <laughs> you know, like that's guy stuff. That's fucking America. That makes you want to drink a fucking Budweiser on your porch or whatever. <laughs> uh, you're screened in porch. Is it screened in porches? No, that's not a. Is that a Southern thing? No, I think... I, I mean,
2: yes. Porch. In the South, you have screened-in porches because the mosquitoes are so bad. If you want to sit outside, you yeah. need to have something to protect you from them. But, Dude, uh, but yeah. a really, really true. true Southern thing is an open porch with a big-ass swing on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe some wind chimes.
2: Rocking chair. <laughs> Hell,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. We, yeah. We've actually got to wind chimes, so a big-ass right swing,
2: yeah. and a rocking chair on the porch on the house next door.
1: <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's... And, I don't understand why they're so averse to making a commercial like that to begin with. It's like they want to, they want to have a toxic masculinity commercial, but they know they can't talk about toxic masculinity. So they just make this like fucking this girly shit, you know that. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, and I mean what, what was like the extra kick in the nuts was not only did they do the Dylan Mulvaney thing, then they had their uh, VP of marketing or whatever that, uh, sunken face, weird looking chick that come up, came up there and said that, um, they're trying to get, get away from the, the fratty, uh, you know, lowbrow, poor sense of humor type of stuff. It's like, um, the Budweiser frogs were amazing. The, uh, real men of genius was amazing. I think the, yeah. a lot of your ad campaigns over the last 20 years have been spot on directed right towards your, your target audience. What do you mean? You want to get away from that? And then, yeah. like, and yeah, she she's gotten wrecked over the coals pretty pretty sufficiently as well after after making those statements. I, I mean, did you look at the comments section or the replies on on that? Like, I don't people are I did, not no. oh, people are not gonna forgive and forget this. They got. I mean, every single. I I just watched it and I was like, oh, that's that's like a really beautiful commercial. I I like that. And then I started looking at the replies. It's like, holy shit! People are not not accepting this as an apology. People are just like going right. after him hard.
1: Yeah, well, and it's just it's so transparent what they're trying to do. <laughs> it's just like, come on, man! You can't follow up the the, the trans cans <laughs> with the Clydesdales. You know, we, we know what you're trying to do, and it's not it's too late, man. You guys already really screwed the pooch on this one. But yeah, yeah, they just gone with that to begin with. It would have been a great commercial. I guess they wouldn't have gotten all the publicity, right? Nobody would be talking about Budweiser, but I don't know. I mean, yeah, how much is people talking about Budweiser actually, uh, you know, amounts to to new sales or something like that? I-
0: well,
2: That's the thing is if you're in the game of selling light beer, do you really want people talking about you? Like as outside of a... Really impressive Super Bowl ad spot, like, and otherwise you you really don't want your name in the news, like, right? I mean, I, yeah,
1: I, I, it just it, it really does just blow blow your mind how um these these Harvard educated types like overcomplicate things. <laughs> it's fucking it's cheap beer. Stop trying to be something you're not. Uh, anyway, but yeah. It's a good commercial. I liked it. Well, I
0: mean,
2: and and we see that more and more as as this woke progressivism has permeated its its way into all of society and culture. Is that the these companies have lost their identity? Like, what's what's wrong with being a beer for frat boys and rednecks? Like, I mean, who drinks
1: more beer than frat boys?
2: Right. Or, or, rednecks. Uh, or rednecks, like if that's where your if if that's where your bread is buttered and that's where you're making your money, then just go fucking make money. you don't have to. I, I mean, if corporate greed was such a problem, then the almighty dollar should rule that they would never ever do some Dylan Mulvaney bullshit for Bud Light. Like you would never pull a stunt like that if if corporate greed was a real thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they want the, the the virtue signal points, and those are those are costly this day and age. If you're if you're going the uh, the trans route, famous Yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't remember. Not even just famous people, but just like adults, <laughs> like anybody over the age of thirty. I don't think drink like. I mean, if it was like the only thing that was there, yeah, I would drink the Bud Light out of pure necessity.
2: Well, and think about Bud it. Light. Like anytime you see it on like a TV show or a movie or something like that, it's always either rednecks or fratty dudes. Like, the, nobody, nobody's yeah. drinking a Bud Light on, uh, you know, on a, a one of the like more highbrow or or popular television series, unless they're making fun of rednecks drinking. But right
1: yeah it really is something man <laughs> what a time to be alive what what else we got in the stack today
2: uh what was the rachel gilmore thing i wasn't i didn't really pay attention to that that was the um twitter like lab- twitter-, twitter labeled like uh the canadian broadcasting company and
1: yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like so
2: state uh state sponsored <clears throat> or state uh state funded yeah. government funded media let me
1: yeah, yeah, so just, Elon Musk like, has been going through and labeling a bunch of different publicly funded media companies as government, basically propaganda wings of the government, and it's just been like the most delicious, hilarious thing you've ever seen. PBS got fucking nailed. Well, didn't um, yeah,
2: NPR said, or NPR like uh, deleted their Twitter and said they're they're not even, right. they're not even going to be on Twitter anymore because of it? It's but it's. It doesn't it doesn't specify propaganda. He just put the label on there that it's government funded media. That's that's Which what is it says. 100%,
1: Which is 100%. accurate. And the, the the implications are 100% fair <laughs> in that regard. But it's so funny to watch them freak out about it. <laughs> it's like How dare you accuse us of being government funded? We're only, and then I think, was it this one that said that we're only, we're less than 70% government funded? He's like, okay, you're right. We want to be accurate. And he changed it to 69.9% government funded.
2: Yeah, Yeah, you want to play this video?
1: Yeah, go ahead and roll it.
0: Conservative leader Pierre Polyev just called CBC News, which is one of the biggest news outlets in Canada, propaganda, which is an outright lie. And he said it after Elon Musk labeled CBC News government-funded media, despite the fact that it's a crown corporation, arms like from government, and completely editorially independent. We have then cited Elon Musk's label as evidence that CBC is, quote, not news. And he fundraised off of it. Attacking the institutions that hold power to account just because you don't like them is insanely irresponsible. Without reliable news that has editorial standards like CBC, politicians go unchecked. that's bad for democracy. I'm honestly gobsmacked that any politician from any party would go this far. I suppose I shouldn't be surprised since Polyev released an entire press release about me just because I asked him questions he didn't like. What do you think of all this?
1: I think being godsmacked over the idea of of, uh, a government-funded corporate press organization, one of the biggest ones in Canada... Um, that they have uh, editorial standards, that they're an arm's length away from governments, like maybe a, a T Rex arm's length away. <laughs> it's like they're close enough to give uh, to get a reach around from the fucking government, that's for sure. And this idea that uh, they're the ones holding politicians accountable.
2: Yeah, politicians go unchecked. Um, well. The only politicians you're holding account uh, holding accountable to anything are the ones you disagree with, are the ones who disagree with the uh, approved the approved mainstream narrative. Like you're not exactly. holding any, yeah. and like, then... <laughs> you're not holding anybody accountable.
1: Yeah, and I, I I don't care. I don't know who that guy is that she's holding accountable herself, asking him difficult questions. That's fine. But when the the shoes on the other foot and they're asking difficult questions to the other side. Uh, she doesn't want to have it that's dangerous to the democracy (laughs) god damn man what I, i mean i love how just the label that says this is government funded means that it's propaganda which i mean it does but it's so funny that they get that that's what it is and that they're freaking out about it but it's like hey how about not being a propaganda wing of the of the government and then you wouldn't get these accusations
2: I clicked on her profile I, just to see what else she actually does. And apparently I've got her blocked. So.
1: <laughs> so. Oh. Does I mean, she's a she, her, right? She's got her pronouns there for sure.
2: Oh, let me unblock the profile and I'll see what it says.
1: I don't care that much. Oh, we know exactly <laughs> what she's like, you know, her, her opinions are her own. She, her, um, you know, in search of the truth or something like that.
2: Award-winning journalist. I'm sure she has won tons of awards.
1: Yeah, well, these awards are about as uh, as meaningful as the uh, Nobel Prize. Nobel laureates these days, Nobel Peace Prize, uh, Nobel Prize in Economics. <laughs> like anybody that wins these awards, you you basically know they're basically a, a contrarian indicator. Whatever, if they're winning an award, they're probably doing a terrible job. Because they're arms length away from the government, and they're telling you exactly what the government wants you to hear, so they, they get an award for that.
2: Let's see, a hundred percent of the articles she writes are going. Af- oh man, I found three straight articles where she goes after this Polyev guy. So apparently, she has like some sort of vendetta with him. <laughs> no, no <laughs> wonder. No wonder he, she's talking shit. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's uh, trash.
1: She's a lunatic, yeah. But it, it, watching this whole this whole thing develop, yeah. NPR, like we're quitting Twitter now. <laughs> it's like, all right, um, no no love lost there, and I, I don't know why you would just take yourself off of Twitter for them labeling you government funded. Just be more be more unbiased. <laughs> be great. Like I wonder if there's a uh, you know the guy that does the. Um, Ah uh, shit! The what was it called? Where he would post like people's uh, tweets, like before and after tweets.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Um, L some something L.
2: Yeah. Um, shoot. Defiant L's. That's
1: the one. Defiant L's. That's what it was. Yeah. If you, you could pull up like uh, a couple NPR articles or something like that just showing like how they got everything wrong about every issue or less like three years and then every time they're you just take like the government talking points like something that joe biden or Donald, like you know whatever they would say and then like compare it to an article that they wrote or a tweet that they had and it would just be the exact same thing whatever the cdc says is what they're reporting yeah is Defiant still
2: suspended or did he get his account? I don't know. From? I
1: I remember he got it back, but then I, I haven't seen much of it over the last like year or so. So I don't know if he got booted again.
2: Hadn't been yeah, it doesn't look like he's been very active for a while because it had gotten it got suspended for like literally all the dude did was post
1: post other other by, people's tweets.
2: Yeah, side by side tweets from other people showing them being mm-hmm. hypocritical and it got suspended for that. I like that's like the same as the libs of TikTok when that one got suspended. Right. Just for exactly parking like TikTok that. videos. Just like, That's it.
1: Yeah. And th- this chick is uh, yeah, they call her every name under the sun, and she's like, she's just playing back your videos to you. The videos that you probably liked and retweeted. <laughs> she's just like, hey, look at this one. It's really unbelievable, man.
2: <laughs> well, it's uh, uh it's a yeah. part of that generational difference that uh that we're experiencing like we're we're definitely a different generation than than the current one and the current one is uh going to be renting for the rest of their lives apparently yeah
1: yeah what i found interesting about this article give it a second to pull up here millennials are the slowest generation to hit 50 home ownership and i guess yeah technically i'm a, i'm a millennial unfortunately i don't like being lumped in with them but Uh, The rest generation, uh, rest of generations fear forever renters. I I find it interesting that especially with the millennial generation and onward, like we have more housing programs, more funding from the government going towards housing programs and down payment assistance programs and uh, ways to lower, lower your rates if you, you know, at a certain income level and get you a better rate and things like that. There's never been more interference by the government in the housing sector to try to make home ownership affordable, and look at the result. Once again, uh, it took millennials the the longest ever to get half fifty uh, percent home ownership, and the the subsequent generations aren't even. It's not even a fucking thought in their mind that they're gonna own a house. They're just like, yeah, what, like. This is so unattainable now. Thank you so much, government, for all of your housing programs and all of your help. You've done a tremendous job of making homeownership
2: affordable. Well, and that's the thing is like after the housing crisis with the housing bubble and that whole collapse and everything in 2008, then the Obama administration and now the Biden administration just doubled down. On all of the bad policy and everything that created that bubble and created that housing crisis to begin with, and like the Trump administration didn't do anything to make it worse, but at the same time they didn't really do it didn't really do anything to make it better. Like you just got a you just got a a few years of like uh, lag, and then and then it like took back off. Like you know it's we have the crash, and then it's just getting progressively worse and worse and worse through the end of the Obama administration. And then we get like a a plateau for the the Trump years. And then we get get Biden in and it just starts getting worse and worse and worse again. Like we're heading for another one of these fucking housing bubble collapses. And like and they're talking about how, you know, there's a whole generation or more than one, I guess, at this point that may never own homes. Um, Yeah, because y'all are making it untenable. Let me just say. If there is anybody who would like to be a 100% homeowner, I've got a great one that is ready for you. You just got to move to Southern Indiana. Beautiful here, low cost of living. Hit me up.
1: Get some chickens. Can you raise chickens over there?
2: Absolutely. There's a seven foot privacy fence. The chickens will stay in your yard. You You will be set. Nobody will bother you. In fact, all the neighbors like chickens anyway, so you don't have to worry about complaints.
1: Yeah, I I just think it's like a a stunning, a stunning uh, admission. I I guess they're not admitting it, but just like a a stunning juxtaposition to put like how much how much government assistance and programs. I mean, a lot of these programs are also at like the state and local level. I I know Chicago had a bajillion different fucking programs where they're giving people free. They'll give you seventy five hundred bucks down payment assistance. No questions asked. And you don't even have to pay it back. You just have to live in the property for like three years, that kind of thing. And they got a million of these fucking programs. And it's just the more they try to help out, the worse everyone's situation is. And in walks California, if you thought the the program I just described was retarded, California, hold my beer. Let's come up with the most retarded fucking housing program ever. Okay. The dream for all home down payment program. The idea behind this was they're going to loan homeowners as much money as they need for the down payment assistance and the homeowners insurance, like a 20% down payment uh, assistance. So you don't have to pay the uh, private mortgage insurance. And I I forget, there was like another, uh, another amount in there. But so basically the, the homeowners have to put no money into this whatsoever this is uh forget about the you know back before 2008 They used to do those uh no down payment loans required this yeah. they'll just loan you the the money for the down payment and the bigger the house the better so when you get all this free money you don't have to pay it back there's no like payment plan on the down payment assistance they just give you if you know if you need 20 grand they give you 20 grand and the only time you pay it back is when you go to sell the house if there's a profit Um, Or no, they take the money out. And then if there's any money left over, how does it work again? It was like you get get a percentage of it. You get like 80% of the profits and the government gets 20%. It's a horrible deal for the government. It's a great deal for these fucking uh, the homeowners, which is why the money for the program ran out in 12 days. Trying it's to gonna to be an unmitigated it. disaster. I mean, the the what this is gonna to do to housing prices in California already, you don't have to come up with any down payment money, they'll just give it to you all as much as you need, and you never have
2: to pay it back. I'm trying to find it. There was an article that I'd been looking at earlier today, and I wasn't gonna talk about it, so I ended up closing out of it. Now I gotta I can't remember where it was. Um, but it talked about like something like this on um these. Like down payment programs and stuff like that like the the people who are the people who are being financially responsible and like saving money and purchasing a modest you know reasonable home that they can actually afford and saving up money and getting their down payment and like getting a good down payment on it and stuff like that are ended up getting fucked by the government on how their rates are set up and everything like they're getting just absolutely hammered with terrible shitty rates because the way they're uh, so the way that they're running these programs is if you can't afford to make a down payment but you want to get the biggest best most awesome house that's like way out of your price range and you're like borderline poverty then the government will effectively fund that and then they'll Jack the rates on people who actually can afford to make down payments and and are getting something modest and like doing it right. So like they're fucking over the people who can actually afford the house and are doing the right thing to give a house to the people who can't afford one and shouldn't be buying one to begin with. Like, do we did we not learn anything from two thousand to two thousand eight? Like literally Justin, nothing at we all.
1: Learned, we learned what the problem was. It was corporate greed. That's what it was. <laughs> that's the lesson that they took away from this shit. It's it's unbelievable, man. And what do you think? I mean, picture yourself in California, you're going to get uh you get a loan for the, to buy the entire house, you get a loan for the down payment. So you don't have to put any money into this. The uh everything gets paid back when you sell the the property and you get I I think it was an 80-20 split. So you get 80 uh I forget which way the split went. I think you get maybe twenty percent of the profits or something when you sell the place. So you're not gonna buy a, like a modest house that you should that you should be putting yourself into, Guy, like you buy a, a two hundred thousand dollars house or something and it appreciates ten percent and you get twenty percent of that versus buying like a three million dollar house that appreciates ten percent and you get twenty percent of that. Which one are you gonna reach for? assuming you you don't have to take on any risk whatsoever. There's no risk you have no skin in the game. If the you know the property value tanks, you sell the house like you didn't put any money into the house. You don't you you have no down payment. You're not going to lose anything. It's not like if you don't have enough to cover the 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 down payment assistance when you sell it, like you're going to owe that money back to the government. No, the government just eats that. This is like the dumbest fucking plan imaginable for the government. And yeah, I mean if I was in California, I would have tried to qualify for it. I mean, if they're going to give away fucking Free fucking money like this, you might as well take it before this party completely <laughs> fucking erupts, dude. It California is just like the leading indicator of how, uh, how retarded the United States is. It all starts there.
2: Well, I've, I figured out why, why they're trying to boost these people into home ownership instead of, uh, or when they, when they really realistically shouldn't be. It's because, uh, Homeowners and renters are the haves and have-nots of the wealth gap era. So we're this is the wealth gap era, is what this is now. And the homeowners are the haves, and renters are the have-nots. So they because you know equity, we want everybody to be in the haves category. So yeah, they want you to
1: be able to borrow against the value of your house, borrow and spend some more money.
2: I mean, it's basically if you're a homeowner, you're running the plantation, and if you're a renter, you're a slave. Is effectively the way this uh article describes it
1: yeah yeah they, they forget about those property taxes you're paying as a,
2: as the uh the slave owner i would oh argue I, I i miss i miss escrow <laughs> like having to pay having to pay the taxes out of pocket on on the this house and the adjoining property right here on this side of the road and everything holy shit like i'm you know yeah. you when you when you when you have your mortgage and it goes through the bank and you got escrow and everything, you don't have to you don't have to really you don't think do about it. It's Just a
1: couple hundred bucks a month or something, right? It it's just built into your, your yeah, it's
2: built into your monthly payment. Uh, when you gotta when you gotta go up there on, in June and just like cut a check for eight hundred and fifty bucks, like eight
1: hundred fifty bucks, dude.
2: For man, well, add a that's, zero
1: if you're in Chicago.
2: <laughs> right, that's that's out here in the middle of nowhere. 850
1: yeah. for- And I mean, I used so I I never escrowed my my property taxes because I wanted to put the money to use for six months before I needed to stroke them a fucking check. And yeah, when I first bought the property back in 2014, the taxes were like a little over five, like five and a half thousand a year or something like that. I just sold the place in March. My taxes were over eight thousand dollars a year and they went up 20 percent last december there's like you owe me 20 percent more it's just like oh okay it must be nice to run things that way or you're just like oh yeah by the way uh you owe me 20 percent more than you were expecting and i'm gonna need that by the end of the month
2: another Get reason to buy me. my house low property taxes apparently
1: there you go yeah i, I the, the roads and school systems must just be unusable over there nobody's paying enough in taxes <laughs>
2: Um, I, Compared I think,
1: to Chicago, it's a, Chicago's a utopia.
2: I think rural Indiana probably has uh, a significantly less authoritative teachers' union than than what Chicago does. So that's that's probably why it's probably why they don't need as much money. They don't have to pay all the union bosses.
1: Yeah, yeah, to garner votes for the politicians. Uh, Chicago, as we all know, was just a a bastion of uh, cess. Both uh, in terms of education and and business, and every there's no businesses leaving there. There's no rich people fleeing the you know to other states, and there's certainly no riots going on. Kids tearing up fucking downtown, beating people, lighting things on fire. Nope. <laughs> it really is, dude. Every every week there's a new story about how worse Chicago was than the week before and i'm Johnny, just it's not, they're not mad. riots
2: though they're it's it's mass protests it's
1: ah okay and and what are terror. yeah what are these 500 youths that are trashing downtown chicago protesting this time
2: um probably Do the wage know? gap i would assume that's everything's about yeah. the wage gap these days
1: some sort of some sort of racism yeah institutional this institutional that Yep, yeah, they're just setting cars on fire. Uh, I, I, I'm sure everyone saw that that one video <laughs> of them just beating that that couple for for no reason. It seemed like no reason. Interracial couple, by the way. <laughs> yep, yeah, that looks like Michigan Avenue, right in downtown Chicago. Like, uh, maybe it's yeah. That looks like Michigan Avenue, but it's kind of hard. It's kind of blurry to see. But yeah, like the nicest, what used to be the nicest strip in Chicago. Bunch of really fancy stores, you know, high-end jewelry and clothes and, you know, the Gucci stuff, whatever. Uh, Office buildings. And here you go. Yeah. What a lovely, pay more in taxes, Chicago. And keep electing the, uh, the Brandon Johnsons of the world. Lori, light. Yeah, there you go. Jump on the bus for a while. The fucking sense of entitlement of these people, man. Jesus Christ. Oh, and they came out with like who had the fucking statement. Maybe they have it somewhere in the article. Oh yeah, where he Hang was on. blaming okay. it like on um, they they just didn't have anything to do that
2: day. Ah, oh, here hundred. we go. <laughs> Since I'm a glutton for punishment, and I'm sure I'm going to get. I'm going to get the most unhinged crime weirdo replies. But I would look at the behavior of young people as a political act and a statement. It's a mass protest against poverty and segregation. (laughs) Yeah. So political act and statement as a mass protest against poverty and segregation Um, is... Is Chicago still segregated? I didn't think I mean maybe self-segregated. I know the South side is pretty bad, but um. it is
1: it is actually one of the most self-segregated cities in the in the country as far as I mean like we just have neighborhoods. it's like okay, that's the Polish neighborhood. that's the Italian neighborhood. that's the, the that's little Vietnam over there. Um, yeah, it's very it's very um, segregated that way. There's like a bunch of Hispanic neighborhoods. But it's, yeah, it's just people living together voluntarily. (laughs) It's not like you're not forced out of the neighborhood if you want to go there. Although I don't know who the fuck would want to live on the south or west side of Chicago these days. I I mean, you have a better chance of surviving in fucking uh, like Syria. (laughs) It, It really is just a fucking shithole. I can't stress this enough. Anybody listening that is still in Chicago, you have to get out of there you don't have to live like this there's so many more opportunities out there uh, even if you just want to stay in the country i the, you got to le- at least leave the state cuz they're going to drag down the rest of illinois too the, every chicago is a fucking anchor it's an albatross around the neck of illinois they are bankrupt financially bankrupt, morally bankrupt, and they are just absolutely clueless. They have no idea how to fix any of these problems. They they view everything, they justify that kind of behavior, and they blame the people, the victims and the people that are trying to be successful and do the right thing. It it's a great, you know, that the housing thing that you were talking about is just a great uh, microcosm for what's going on. In that city, punish good behavior, reward that kind of fucking degenerate shit and and watch what happens to the city. It's borderline unusable. I I don't know anybody in their right mind that would want to stay there.
2: So if you're in the Chicagoland area, apparently just hit up and uh, you're bored on your Saturday night and don't have anything to do. Apparently just hit up Millennium Park and you can get in on some uh, yeah just just some trashing things, some political protesting um bring your friends they're starting at five thirty, and they'll go until they until they decide to quit i guess is is the are they doing anything to dissuade this is lori lightfoot like asking for the national guard to come in or has she already checked out like she's she's more concerned with cleaning the walls or her fish tank than anything else i think.
1: yeah yeah it's uh and it's sad man i mean chicago was uh it's a really cool city for three months out of the year it used to be great to go there in the summer uh you got the lake right there a beautiful skyline the river running right through it a lot of you know a lot of cool people you know nice uh outdoor bars and patios and things that you can go hang out at you can go catch a 16 inch softball game but dude, when i was back there uh last month i had i had dinner with this guy that i used to play softball with this guy's Now he's like 70 something years old, I think, 73, 74, something like that. Like he's he's up there and he's had a store, a clothing store on the west side of Chicago for like the last 40, 50 years. Right. And he he basically now just keeps it so that he has something to get out of bed in the morning for. Right. Like the store is losing money, but he needs something to do to kind of keep him going. Right. And he's been getting fucking robbed. He's always been getting robbed, like constantly. All these people are coming in, like putting on like four pairs of pants and then trying to run out of the store. And he's chasing them. When he was younger, he's like chasing them down with a fucking bat and stuff like that. And he's like, I can't do that shit anymore because I'll get in trouble. Um, if they don't shoot me, like the cops will fucking arrest me. He's afraid. He's like, Johnny, this is the first time in in 60 years that I'm afraid to to be out in Chicago at night. He doesn't even drive at night anymore. He's like, I'm afraid to I'm afraid to do anything. And he's like, I've lived here my whole fucking life. And he's like, you know, he's a former uh, uh, Marine, I think. Was he a Marine? Oh, he was in the Army. And he's just like, you know, tough guy. Never. He's like, I never fucking care. I was never worried about anything. And, uh, and now I'm just fucking too scared. Doesn't go out at night anymore. And I was like, well, why don't you? He's like, I'm too old to move. So he's just going to fucking, he's just going to cash in his chips there. But man, it's. It's a fucking disaster. Can't stress that enough. If you want my uh, advice, it's worth exactly what you paid for it. But get the fuck out of there.
2: Move to rural Indiana. Just a few short hours south. A beautiful home out in the middle of nowhere. Just waiting for you. Got your name all over it. There you go. Have I updated on the, uh, the progress with that since the whole flooding of the basement thing? I don't think so so i got I got some guys to come in last week and look at it and uh insurance is covering everything we're getting it all taken care of uh they got they gutted it they tore everything out all the walls, all the carpet everything it's all gone so I mean it's just like tore it down to the fucking studs uh they had fans and dehumidifiers and and dryers going down there all weekend and uh they took all of those out yesterday, and it's all like. real dry and they're getting like they're doing the cleaning now so hopefully we're about a hopefully we're about a week or so away from starting the uh reconstruction and putting everything back together so i've I've been trying to get i've been trying to get potential buyers to like come in (laughs) and look at it because i'm like look this is what happened like i've got to disclose all of this whenever we go to sell anyway like this is what happened in the basement but insurance is covering covering everything so look it's already gutted like if You you get to
1: redo it the way I was you like, want, you
2: right? can you can give me you know, like, let's make an agreement. You're going to buy it and you can tell them how you want it rebuilt. It's going to be your basement. Doesn't have to be my basement. Like I'm trying to, I'm trying to use this as like a selling point. That's not a
1: bad, one. yeah. I mean, people love to design their own shit and that would be pretty cool.
2: I had a guy that <laughs> I, at I knew
1: that there. that was going to have to happen for anybody that doesn't, I don't know. Did we talk about this on the podcast? What happened? You You yeah, lost think- power, right? And the, and so the sub pump, turned off for like three days or something. Something like that, yeah. He goes, he goes to visit the house, and there's like three and a half feet of water just in that's, the basement.
2: It was, it was like two foot four inches. Okay. That. I mean, oh, that's still a hundred. lot of fucking water. It's still a lot
1: of fucking water. And you had carpeting. I was like, dude, they're going to have to rip all that shit up. I told you that, man. You can't have like water underneath carpet just kind of sitting around. That thing's going to be like a black mold, smelly, mildewy fucking dump so it's good that they ripped all that shit out man
2: yeah i'm i'm glad they came in and 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 the company that's doing it has worked with my insurance company on this sort of thing regularly so like they knew what to do as soon as they showed up and they're and they called the insurance company and everything like went super smooth and super quick with it i was i was really surprised like they didn't give me hassle over they didn't hassle me over anything um like the the adjuster is coming to look at the at the property on monday but everything's already done and the the people who are doing the work have been talking to the adjuster the whole time and getting her to to sign off on stuff that they've been doing so i don't i don't even know why the adjuster's still coming on monday like everything's done at this point but it's Man. uh so uh, yeah it's well, been it's been very very smooth and painless so far and i've been really really pleased and impressed with that but yeah it was a it was kind of a disaster but i I mean like i said i I had a guy that came and looked at it yesterday and he said so none of these uh he said none of these walls or anything like none of that's load bearing he said those are all just like framed up walls right i was like yeah like there's only two spots that are actually load bearing and you can tell where they are all the rest is just framing he said so i could just tear all of this out i was like absolutely i was like if you want to tear it all out i won't even have them redo it i was like i am not I'll knock 20 grand off the asking price and we can do that right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: and you, you don't myself. have to go through a, a realtor or anything. You can buy that shit straight up cash. Hell Justin's yeah. a stand up guy.
2: I'm trying trying to get this thing out of my name.
1: Let's go. Dealing and dealing. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> At least it's not in Chicago.
2: That's right. Got Very out just in time,
1: yeah. What uh we got a, a few more minutes. What do we got? What else we got in the stack? Anything good?
2: um I, that was it that was the last article that i had yeah ran yeah. through all of it tonight
1: well we are just over an hour so that's probably a good time to wrap you got to uh, happy hour
2: tonight to... i can set it up i might even be able to jump in uh from the road
1: is tonight happy tonight's happy hour isn't it yes sir. i was wondering about that uh yeah let's plan on it i'm not exactly sure i i gotta go uh i'm going to some market to get some some supplies for a little uh, weekend beach getaway that I'm going on tomorrow. But yeah, I think I'd probably be back around uh, 7.30 Central Time. We'll plan on that. That's that's pretty much all I got. I'm going to put out the, the rest of the Substack stuff as soon as we wrap here. Uh, so go check that out. I will uh, link to everything in the description. You can become a supporting listener of the show and get into the happy hours, or you could become a supporting subscriber to the uh, Substack. That'll also get you in, and that'll get you some extra content that I put out for just those people. The only way to get that is to subscribe, uh, to be a a paid subscriber to the Substack. And if you can do all that for us, we will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode for you. Until then, you know the drill. Just keep on pedaling that so-called fiction. Peace.